0: You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode, brought to you by the MA journalism students of 2021-2022, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. This week, me, and Zara. We'll be talking to Nick Newman, senior research associate for Reuters Institute for Journalism. So, hello, Nick. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, our first question is: the Reuters Institute Digital News Report for 2020 saw a rise in TV consumption during the pandemic, almost 18 months on. Um, do you think the pandemic has changed the way that we consume media?
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it's made people value journalism more. And uh, reconnect with um, the importance of reliable news um, around a matter of you know life and death. So in in, in that sense, definitely, uh, I think we've also seen coronavirus really change digital habits as well. You know, particularly actually for older people who you know for the first time really sort of engage with buying things online and, uh, you know, mobile phones. So in, in many ways, it's also just accelerated uh, the digital changes that we've been we've been seeing. And I think that's going to have, you know, significant implications going forwards.
0: So you've obviously said that a lot of people are more interested in online and looking at it and obviously reading a lot more. So what are the biggest trends that you've seen in digital media of the last few years? And, and can you make any predictions for the next few years to come?
1: obviously seen over the last decade that we've been doing the report, we've seen big changes in print consumption. So 59% to who were reading a news, newspaper each week to around 15%. So that's a huge change. We've seen a rise of social media. And we've seen you know the start of a quite significant decline in terms of television uh, consumption. Um, the biggest changes really have been around devices. So people uh, uh, 10 years ago were mainly using computers to access news. Now it's mainly um, mainly mobile phones, and then, you know, that rise in, in social media is, is, is also really significant because instead of going directly to news providers, people are going through digital intermediaries such as Facebook or, or YouTube, and that's just making it much harder to build that direct connection and make money.
0: So speaking of social media, obviously this year we've seen that TikTok has suddenly come on the scene and it's sort of had world domination, I suppose, this past year. What do you think, what, what about it do you think has made it so popular, especially in the UK and in the US?
1: I think it's, um, it's the whole sort of creativity, <clears throat> the way it's unleashed creativity and the form and the formats, obviously, you know, like Instagram's mobile first. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the older networks, we think of them as older networks now, right <laughs> Facebook, but you know that was that was essentially it, it's a computer you know it, it was born in the computer age um, and the laptop age rather than the mobile age. And it's really sort of connected in fun ways um, uh, and harnessing that creativity. Um, but I think it's really not been about news until this year and mm-hmm. and, I, and particularly in some countries outside the uk it's really become very significant as a news news uh, provider with younger people and it's still very much with the youngest demographics so most people over 25 aren't on TikTok.
0: Um, So do you think that traditional news media can then still exist or, or can still be as popular as they once were with TikTok? We've seen, you've spoken a little bit today about how the BBC have tried using TikTok, but obviously it's a little bit harder to know exactly how to use it because there aren't as many guidelines for them on social media. Do you think that they can still use TikTok? Do you think that it can be successful or do you think that it is going to be something that is a little bit more creative and that news will never really be the same on TikTok as it is in traditional forms?
1: That's a really interesting question. I think we've seen a lot of this before Mm -hmm. and, you know, the BBC over the years has been great great at, uh, you know, adapting to new platforms, you know, whether that was television or online or social media. Um, I think, you know, there there are some challenges because, you know, it's a very... Compressed format. It's a format where, you know, it's very informal. People don't necessarily expect brands yet. But again, TikTok is changing very quickly. You know, it used to be very constrained in terms of the length, and now that's getting longer. Uh, so TikTok itself is offering more opportunities for brands. Um, and I think ultimately, it's, it's about audiences. You know, increasingly, a media company can't just exist in print or in television or in radio, it has to express its journalism across a range of platforms if it wants to reach different people. Um, And so the challenge is, you know, which ones do you focus on? And how do you tell those stories in a way that has integrity and is true to your brand? So that's the challenge for for somebody like the BBC working in a a platform like TikTok.
2: So speaking of TikTok, there's been a massive uh, jump in what's known as citizen journalism and a story can develop within minutes for three citizen journalism. So how can journalism in more traditional senses through tr- more traditional broadcast mediums
1: keep up? I mean, the, p- part of this is about platform again, and the extent to which it's gonna be appropriate to be on those platforms. Um, but part of it is also about the agenda and the way in which traditional organizations are connecting with that new agenda. So, you know, there is, you know, a whole load of uh, one of the things we're doing this year is looking in more detail at sort of differences in agenda around what is expected, what young people want, whether that's under 35s or under 25s. Clearly, there's interest in a different range of stories, but there's also interest in different um, ways of telling those stories and whether you have sufficient empathy and you feel feel that the media company is aligned with those values so there's some really interesting research we did around you know notions of impartiality and you know, young people want the media to be fair, but they also want it to align with their sense of justice or social justice in some of these these issues. And in many cases, you know, celebrities in Instagram or TikTok are doing that more effectively than than journalists. So this is a real challenge around impartiality. It's around tone and it's, it's around agenda.
2: Speaking of um, challenges that face the world of journalism, um, in a world full of information and false news, um, and a constant rise of popularity in podcasts. Is there any way of regulating the information in podcasts to stop misinformation, such as Joe Rogan spreading misinformation about how to cure COVID with um, horse dewormer?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, there, there've been a few examples like that one in podcasts, but it's, it's not really been um, as much of a problem as it has been in social media. And I think that's because, you know, the barriers to create a podcast are a bit higher. And even if you create it, the distribution, the viral distribution, isn't there in podcasts. You know, podcasts is done on recommendation and whether somebody you know has trust or likes something, and so that kind of the incentives are very different from, say, a social media, where something that is shocking or extreme can suddenly go viral and information be spread. So, you know, with the exception of these very, very big names with big audiences, um, you know, who. who I think are going to be answerable to listeners and they're also going to be answerable to platforms. You know, Joe Joe Rogan depends on Spotify paying him money or YouTube paying him money. Um, So I'm less worried in podcasts as I am generally about misinformation, which I think obviously is a a huge problem and a matter of great concern for audiences.
2: And to wrap up, um, what advice would you give to young journalists working in a world um, that's continuously changing in needs um, within digital journalism?
1: Um, I think the, uh, to, to be ac- across those needs, but also to um, to really learn and be flexible in in what, in what you're doing. Um, so I guess if you're sort of starting out in gi- digital journalism, it's just just be curious. You know, understand what it is the audience wants in, in, in different contexts. Uh, try try new things out. Um, but I genuinely feel that. You know, there are, there are so many, there are going to be so many opportunities. The last 10 years has been quite brutal in journalism, and it's still a bit brutal out there. But I think the next 10 years offers really, I think we're starting to see solutions in terms of business models. I think we're starting to see, um, you know, some really exciting new ways of telling stories. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to that thousand word article. You know, you may want to, you may have come into journalism wanting to write that, but actually there's lots of great ways of telling stories out there.
2: Thank you so much for spending time with us and answering all of our questions. Um, It's so lovely to have you here at the university.